Aloha, folks. You're listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 20. On today's episode, we talk to Leroy Schmaltz and Bob Van Oosting, the founders of Oceanic Arts in Whittier, California. I am really excited to bring this episode to you guys. If you're a tiki person, then you know exactly who they are. They built or supplied materials to some of the most prolific tiki temples of the Polynesian pop era. Some of those include the Islander, the Tiki Tea, the Kapu Kai, the Pango Pango. I could go on and on and on. If you watched Gilligan's Island, they supplied materials for that as well. They've been in business for over 60 years. And uh, I got to see all kinds of cool stuff there. They, they took me into their private library. They have the storage room with artifacts and photos and, and all kinds of ephemera, literature, old menus, things like that that they've saved over the years from all the projects they've worked on. These guys have worked with all the all-stars of the Polynesian pop era, including Ed Chrisman, Mylon Guanco, Eli Headley, Barney West, Will Westerhaven. Again, I could go on and on and on. Thanks again for listening, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. Cheers and aloha. He didn't bring the Mai Tai, so we'll just have to get water. <laughs> I didn't. Well, you know, like, uh, normally what I do is mix drinks in my home bar while we do this. Yeah, you got a nice home bar, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, normally that's what I do, but, you know, like, and well, so I, I told him, I told, uh, I was at TPT last night. Mm-hmm. And, oh, boy. Uh, I told Mike Sr. Mm-hmm. I was coming here. He, he sends his best, by the way. Oh. So he was like, oh, tell those guys I said hello. I haven't Great to people. Him We've never been there. Oh, really? Could you yep. believe that? Yep. I can't years. believe that. And we knew his father, and we helped him spike puffer fish and mattings and that for that job. Right. And uh, we'd never been there. Wow. So he was like, yeah, those guys got to come down here. So. What he did, he called me one time, and he says, you know, you rats never come down to see me, so I'm coming out there for a day. <laughs> so he did with uh, with Greg Escalante and Oh, he did. And oh, Jeff cool. Berry yeah, and, yeah. and then uh, his son, you know, Mike Jr. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they spent half a day out here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you supplied the TKT with the with yeah. their yeah bamboo Ray 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 back in the beginning. Yeah, because yeah, I know that he built that Ray, with, you know. He built that with Ray. That yeah. They built it yeah. themselves. And that was his father. Yeah, we, we got to know Ray Buen in a bar that was in Orange County. Okay. Over off Orange Thorpe. What bar was that? Do you remember? It was the Palms. Uh, the Palms is just Palm Tree. Yeah. yeah. Nobody um, knows about it, you know, but it was yeah. really nice. The room he was in is called the Room of a, a Thousand bar, the Lights or Hundred Lights or something like that. There was a whole lot of light pictures hanging above the bar. Yeah. There's a like a big hotel behind, and then there's a and this hole, and then there's a, they had a jungle out front with monkeys and things like that. Uh-huh. And then they had the restaurant, which was really nice. And we were on a sales trip, and we got through early, and so we went down there and had a mai tai and talked oh, wow. for a couple hours. You know, I didn't know that he, he was working there, huh? I didn't know about that one. Yeah, he'd been all over already, had That's pretty interesting. Wow, that's good stuff. Well, let me start by saying thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Where is it that I heard? Is this like it's on iTunes. iTunes. iTunes, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, it's, you know, you can you can just basically search for 
Desert Oasis Room or Tiki or anything like that, it should pop up on iTunes. So, and it's doing pretty good. I'm getting about three thousand listens a month. You know, they pay you for putting on there a little bit, huh? No, actually, I don't. I don't make any money. Hmm. It's uh, it's just a hobby. Actually, it costs me money because um, you know, like I have to every time I produce an episode, I got to drive out, and then you know, if I got to buy you know booze, if we're going to be mixing drinks and all that stuff, so it's yeah, it makes me no money at all. We got a, uh, a customer that comes in once in a while that he did a YouTube, and he's been making very good livings. Yeah, the YouTube will they yeah. you can make money off of their ads, but with podcasting, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, he came in here, spent probably an hour, you, you, uh-huh. but he's crazy. He's all kinds of things jump up and down. Oh, look at that guy! Oh, really? So, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. You, you, when you drink, do you have some problems about? Keeping on the subject and uh, well, uh, getting so, to some subjects that you shouldn't be talking about. That's a good question because it's it's actually open topic. So the only the only there's only one rule that I ask is that we just don't talk politics. So other than that, it's open topic. So we can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be tiki. So you know. So let's. Why don't we start with um, how did Oceanic Arts get started? Okay, how I got started is that I met Leroy at Mount San Antonio Junior College. And um, he said that he was, he actually didn't live that far away from me. And what it was is that he was carving some palm frogs. And so he said, come over and take a look. And he did. And boy, they're very, very nice, you know. And, uh, we Were got, you study, studying art there, Leroy? At Mount, Mount yeah, yes, art, I was an architectural and art student. Okay. They dropped architecture in my second year. And so okay, okay. I stayed in the art department. And so from the palm frog idea, we started uh, working together and, and carving these things. And selling them by a lot of them. Were you carving too, Bob? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Carved a lot of them. I got a couple in my office in there. But, um, I, I don't think that people know that. Not too many. Sven knows that one time that Leroy, Leroy could lay it out on a board and I could carve it, you know, like yeah. see a lot of uh, like masks and shields, this type of thing, you know. <laughs> Not, I, did, I think I've done it one tiki or so, like two little tikis, but if Leroy could lay it out, I could carve it usually, you know. But yeah. they got too busy, they'd have to start doing the business importing and so forth, you know, and the office uh, business just too much, you know. You can't carve and do that too, you know. Yeah. You get all filthy, dirty, and your hands are mess. And see, we actually did, we actually had a, did apartment buildings also, and... um, Was this while you were still students at Mount Sac, or? No, I was going to, um, I think when we kind of started a little bit, I was going to Whittier College, you know. Okay. Got out of there in 58, so, in business. But we had like apartment buildings. We did most of them there on, on Rosemead Boulevard. And here Leroy's in there with a skip loader with a big bucket. And I'm up there with these big giant clamshells, you know, like three foot clamshells, yeah. driving a, what is it, rebar into the wall to hang, to hang those things on there. Clamshells. And here he is way down below. <laughs> and, you know, things like that, you know. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun doing that. But the business became a, you know, too, too busy for, for everybody carved. You know? What what time we had what up to six carvers at one time? Yeah, we had quite a few. I don't. Yeah, different carvers. Well, I I know that Ed Christman is probably the most popular of the. Of yeah, the look right. at the molding in front of you. Yeah, on this that's, table. That's, so that's we're sitting at a table in the in the break room that has this really great molding carved around. I'm going to take a picture of this so yeah. that people can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, we had the whole table made. And so Ed Christman carved this. Yes, yeah, carved that molding. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Did he carve it right on the table? No, no, did, no. So you just carved it, carved it on strips. Okay, and then you guys, you guys attached it to the table. That's really, really cool. You know, like I met a guy on Facebook, Guy Wilson. Yeah. He just reached out to me one time because he saw a picture that I posted with you guys, and then he said, oh. "Hey, how do you guys? How do you know Bob and Leroy?" 
And I said, well, I like going to Oceanic Arts. I'm a tiki guy. And I, you know, and, and so we started exchanging messages back and forth. And he showed me pictures of some of the tikis that he carved when he was working with you guys. And He's quite the big Easter Island head out there. Actually, he did that. Which one? Big Easter Island. Oh, that big Easter Island head in, yeah. the, in the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. His style is very much like you guys have a very distinct style here. I know that you you, you really shoot for making it as traditional as possible. Yeah. But uh, it's still very distinct. I mean, you know, you can look at something that Leroy's done or Ed Chrisman's done, and you can almost instantly identify that it's one of theirs. You know. And um, Guy it has that same style. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you guys... Yeah, I've kind of been stolen. Yeah, you, yeah, you guys yeah. said like, okay, this yeah. is kind of what we're looking yeah. for. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we had, I was going to say Ed Christman originally carved these tiki's, we called them hose noses. Oh, really? They, yeah, they were <laughs> they were big, long noses. And uh, I think had I know which a, ones usually had about. a tongue hanging out. Yeah. And, uh, they, they were kind of goofball. But uh, we, we kind of got him into doing something more traditional. Right. They have a restaurant right up on Kalima and Whittier, actually it's on Whittier Boulevard in Kalima called the Kai Kai. And Eddie did these tikis all across the parking lot, but maybe four or five. Yeah. Then he, he heard about us, came down there. And after that, uh, Leroy, he's kind of pushed him into doing things more authentic, you know, which yeah. he's done a lot of, you know. Okay. And in fact, he did the one in Tahiti. That primarily in the intercontinental Tahara. That's the one that was in the book of Tiki. Yeah, yeah. Is that Tiki still there? Do you know? Yeah, it's still yeah, there. It just there. gets okay. smaller because it rots away. Right. Like the base did, but the guy that runs the French paper over there, he sent us pictures of it. You know, but we had them too. You know. So yeah. that's interesting. So the bottom rots, uh, and yeah. what do they do? Do they well, they cut the rot off and then? I they guess get, so. Right. Yeah. Sure. So it just gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. It's not well, like they it's put it on concrete base yeah. now, did they? They probably do. That's. Bugs get in it. It came, the log came from up Bob Baldy. Oh, it did. Yeah, it's a piece of pine. Pine is nice, good, good fodder for mushrooms and and, yeah. and bugs. So yeah. So that oh, that's that's a piece of pine. So that's not a big palm log. No. So what? Uh, they came from Mount Baldy. That's interesting. Did you guys? Uh, was that just like a piece of uh, like a tree that fell over? No, yeah. we just took a chainsaw there, two man chainsaw. Did you really? You just no. cut it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we contacted the forest department, I think, as I recall, and they said, that, "Well, we we could show you some place you could pick them up, you know." Okay. And so we did it, you know. And uh, that thing was five and a half tons. It was 20, yeah. Twenty foot tall and five and a half foot diameter. And it was uh, one of the funny things that happened. Ed was car in front of our shop on Philadelphia Street. And we had to roll it over, so he put peavies in there to, you know, punch them in there, so he could put rope on the peavies. So he attached them to the front of his, um, of his, what, was it, what do you call that thing? Like it's a big old Cadillac, you know. And so he attached to the front bumpers this rope. They call the big pachu. They call it the big pachu. Big pachu, yeah. And so he really revved the whole thing, and the tiki didn't move, but the bumper came off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then, then he did have it one time where the one was locked began to roll and it just kept rolling into his car. <laughs> <laughs> so how many of those big ones like that do you carve? We, the, the, we, the, you know, we carve smaller ones for the job. Uh, whereas that, that was in the, the New Guinea one also. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I, we, yeah, most of the... Yeah, we've done quite a few like for the tiki's. We I saw a ones. picture that had a bunch of big ones. Well, there's... Yeah. I don't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it was in the book of tiki, but there was a, a picture with a bunch of big tiki's that were all laid out in a big, uh, like, open area parking lot or well, something. Well, that, that was ours. Big, we did big 35 of them for a job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For in Canada, you know. In Canada, where did those go? 
it was Canada to a Polynesian restaurant. But actually, what happened is we uh, we worked with this Robert H. Carter, Cargos by Carter, right. who had been in the business since the '40s, selling tapa cloth to, to Don Beach and yeah. Victor Bergeron. And um, so we saw him. What happened? I went to my aunt's funeral there out of Rose Hills. Down there, and I saw this big guy kind of hunched over with the little old ads from Samoa, you know. And so I told Leroy about it. I said, well, let's, let's go down and see him. So he did. So we ended up carving a lot of things for him. Yeah. And when he moved to Westwood, then we split, you know, had our own business. But yeah. then split off. We so, stayed in the same building that he was in. It was a, a walnut barn on Pioneer Boulevard, which is now in the middle of the 605 freeway. Oh, really? Yeah. So and that's on our website, too, by the way, that... The three places we've been. Okay. And we we had we had that uh, lease. When Carter left for Westwood, we leased the whole thing, and um, we had some funny funny things on it about the they had all their they had horses in the back. So Leroy and I got a selling torch and cut all the steel things out, dividers out, and so then he said, hey, we could carve some of the foreboard, two inch thick at least. Yeah, yeah. And so we carved these things, and Leroy beautiful designs Leroy had carved in there. And then we um, we started smelling them, and all those horse piss had got in there. <laughs> it was bad. And so what happened is it just got he we bleached it, we washed it, we soaked it. I was going to say, I hope you didn't lose all this carbon. Everything you can. And so it went down to the what's the name restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, and we sold those planks to this guy. Uh-huh. And, um, it was on Sunset or something. Yeah, like that. Sunset. Yeah, right. Not and, too far from Hollywood Vine. And so we were in there one day. We were down in Los Angeles, and so we. It was before noon, about 11.30, and so we kind of kind of opened the doors real small because you couldn't see anybody in there, but they're there. So we kind of opened the doors. I told Leroy, I'm going to get the heck out of here. <laughs> when they find out who we are. Yeah. Did they ever complain to you about that? No, Did they were not business. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they were a mafia-connected business. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, evidently something caught up with the laws and the rules. And yeah. They couldn't be in that business. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, well. Wow, well, those are the wrong guys to find out that they got some horse pissed carvings. <laughs> we tried, we tried to get that out of there, though. Would you say that that's the most interesting job that you did? Well, it's well, depending on interesting. No, not really. No, no that was just a start. What would you say is the most interesting? Really, you got or the idea. most memorable. I don't know. I don't know. I keep. I mean, now then everything dashes at one point or another to something that's, that was unique here, unique there. And I can't think of, you know. Um, the, the Polynesian Village Hotel, we had a lot of people from Disney out there and then architects too, which worked for them. Uh-huh. And that was very nice because it's interesting. They would come out, we'd have, we'd have a party with ribs and white right. ties and that. Right. And they get kind of wild, you know, the first time they get the, out of the big city, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, they like to use our, we didn't have a bathroom at our place, so everybody liked to pee in the bushes yeah and, they, and all you know Stephen crane to all these architects and you know it's in a wow and they, you flipped those trees out yeah, around, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those trees. And that was the old horse barn where the horses went out to uh yeah and uh out the, the walking you know and, yeah that was and they they liked because we you know we were working outdoors and we had our shirts off and everything so these guys all do that too you know yeah. they come out from the beverly hills everything their suits and also their shirts take are coming the shirts, off yeah take the clothes off right <laughs> uh, acting like we were, and, uh, but it uh when we were working on the disney uh we had a fellow from disney who was the art director and we also had the head architect from wilton and beckett's and they clashed all the time 
yeah. on what was proper to design. And they decided, they would argue and fuss over, and they decided to come out one at a time and deal with me on the certain, how things are supposed to be done. Okay. And they'd had different ideas. So I was in trouble when if I followed one guy's idea, then the other guy would be on my case. Right. And I, I followed the guy from Disney because they, that was who we were really working for. And the architect came out and I was so mad that he took a swing and hit me. Oh, really? And then he got afraid. He jumped in his car and drove away. And he called me in Ventura Freeway, somewhere on the out the other end of the valley, and apologized yeah. to me. But uh, it was... Uh, I'd say he hit me once, and he hit me twice, and been in trouble. <laughs> wow! Well, that was a, that was a good building on all the leaked a lot in the rain, but it was good. Yeah, a nice place. We worked out of there in uh, many years. You know what? From 1956 to we started out at my folks' home doing mosaics, putting Leroy put the Polynesian mask on a beautiful mosaic background. Yeah, and then maybe a brass rod in there to delineate to focus on the mask. So we sold those to. Um, what would you call them? Contemporary stores, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah furniture yeah. stores, things like that. We okay. sold that, okay. and then we we sold a mask to um, Builders Emporium. We sold what five hundred. Yeah, they have the palm mask. They were yeah. Oh, Builders Emporium. I remember Builders Emporium. But yeah. these things were. We had our wives come down at night, and they would be painting them. You know, we did the whole thing with what a sander and a bandsaw. You know, yeah. quick and throw a nail in the back and dip in the stain tank and. We also did a Baker Pool Company was another one that we dealt with. And, uh, they kind of would be a, they would, you put a swimming pool in, and then they would have this package that come along with it to hang fish net and a mask and some yeah. other things, starfish on the wall. And so we were part of that. Okay. And uh, we had we, some clutching of money problems with those guys. But, uh, right, right. We had a big old 50 gallon drum of steam, which we learned how to make it from Eli Headley, Bamboo Ben's grandpa. Yes. And that's how we had, that's why he dipped these masks in there and throw them into another thing that drained and dried. It was just a mass production deal, you know. Did you do a lot of work with Eli Headley? He did quite a few jobs, whether the, uh, the one in um, outside of Reno, what is it? Can you think of it? Uh, you know, but, um, uh, he did quite a few, one back in Nash. The Sparks. Sparks, Sparks yeah. yeah. So what is that, like Trader Dicks? Or yeah, Trader, Trader, Trader Dicks. Trader yeah. Dicks, yeah. yeah. And we sold the materials and all that to him. And then in the Nashville, the, um, the Malahini, was it, or something like that? You know, the, that went in Tennessee or? Yeah, Nash, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Good job there for it. We were involved with one in Palm Springs. That was, uh, yeah. we went out to see him working on the decorations and stuff. He, he, he ran out of money, so he, he had to have fishnet on the walls, and he said he didn't have enough money to buy the fishnet, so he hung up the fishnet and pinned it, and he spray paint and get oh. the, the spray, the fishnet look. Yeah. They move the fish down around the walls. Yeah, you use that as a stencil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's creative. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He really yeah. was. And Vince Buono worked with him also. Uh-huh. And Vince and Eli, and Car- under Carter's uh, job, did the big tiki's that used to be other stardust. And those, you know, the feather rock tiki's. Yeah. And so they, they you know, one of those is still alive. It's it's at a park. Yeah, ben, I think it's ben, called Sunset Park. He had pictures of it. Yeah. It's on a little island in the middle of a lake. What would you say is the most memorable? I think the one in Cucamonga. Is it the, the Kapu Kai? Yeah, that, the that one was, that got damaged in the, yeah, in that the flood. That was kind of an interesting. Partly, I did a lot of carving. We had one of those years of a lot of rain. 
we had a shed outdoors and I would be carving and I'd be up on pallets so I wouldn't get electrocuted. Sea World San Diego is kind of interesting. Yeah, Sea World, yeah. We used to leave here about, what, about 5 o'clock in the morning get down there and then we had Eddie stay down there. for. That was their Hawaiian Punch Village yeah, area? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, did other, we did a lot of signs he, for other projects. Uh, they, um, Eddie Crispin and my uncle uncle yeah. both stayed down there together and Eddie had a chance to experience real Filipino food. Oh. <laughs> he was not too happy. <laughs> he didn't like it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they had some things that, uh, that you know, they don't even sell in the restaurants that they, that, uh, that right. my, my and another friend uh, cooked up down there. And, uh, he said he, he almost threw up this, this the order of cooking. He, That's what funny. I wonder if they, <laughs> I wonder if they purposely, <laughs> purposely gave him or fed him something weird Might just, just to like <laughs> yeah. mess around well, with him you know yeah could have because they they all yeah. live together in a, in a facility down there in the hotel or something we had very fixed up on. right Milan right. was good though we had a lot of good he carved down to our shop in Whittier you know come down and spend the day in the yeah. farm do you have any original carvings by him no mm-hmm. okay no we didn't we, we didn't really have tiki's so what, was he just doing stuff for you guys, or was well, he, he, he did stuff. a lot of stuff on his own? He was all around. He, yeah. he did work for the you, Jungle too. You know, you know, you would go to a lot of different places like Stamp, and everybody had the village, the toy village, or wherever they had there. Yeah, and his carvings were uh, there. Hobby and, City, yeah, yeah, Hobby City. You know, those just went down just recently, just oh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it wasn't that long ago. I, I I was taking pictures of them. It was less than ten years ago, and they looked like they were in perfect condition. I'm not sure where they ended up. I think that I know that there was a long waiting list. Sven gave me the story once. You said that there was a long waiting list of people that wanted it, wanted him. The Royal Hawaiian and, and Laguna Beach, he, they, a lot of his carvings were there. Yeah. The entryway and so forth. Yeah. And th- those were uh, replaced because they were rotting away too. Yeah, right. Yeah. The whole place but was But they rotting. got stolen though, right? Or? They could have been. The whole place was rotting away with the, yeah. uh, the termites and so forth. Yeah. So, what what would you say of all the projects that you've done? There could be more than one. What would what would surprise the Tiki people? Well, they might think that we don't. Again, we're back to Disney. Disney and um, Epcot. We did the Canadian Pavilion, totem poles. We did the Danish Village, okay, with Danish car post and and gargoyle with the figures on top of their church and so on. We did. The African village, we did the the French Morocco, village, the Moroccan, Moroccan, the Moroccan. Yeah. So we wow. we were in a lot of other varieties of things. Wow, is and any then, of that stuff still there? Oh yeah. Okay. And then uh, we also did a lot of Spanish Mexican restaurants. Right. And, and uh, right. we did a lot of signage. For I think what I guess what surprises me most out of all that is the gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're cute, yeah. yeah. But you know, like Trini Lopez, we did carved wood doors for his restaurants. You know? Yeah. We did a lot of other Spanish carvings all over, like say down in the tropics. There used to be a restaurant right next door under the bridge, yeah. underneath the train. We spot all our chair backs and all that stuff. We all carved these right here. These were made for the cocoa palms, and um, okay. since, since they didn't like war things, you know, Grace Busher didn't. Leroy come up with these cockle shells like that, you know, with a, with a helmet. Oh, and you made Hawaiian helmet. You yeah. made those, yeah. okay. And so then we had we carved those, and then we had a furniture company make up the chairs for us, you know. Oh, and so, okay. but Grace Busher had an interesting concept. She said that the problem is with most chairs that you, see, you get these big men and they're they've been they're way too heavy, 
And they sit down and say, geez, honey, I think I better just have a solid baby. <laughs> and so she said, well, hey, these, and you see how comfortable these are? Yeah. And how much they hold? They're, they're what, from their 60s? They're yeah. 50, 60 years old. Yeah. And, but uh, she said, this is what I want. Something the guy says, but I'm dreaming oh, a big steak and right, right. two Mai Tais. <laughs> yeah, so that's part of the, they don't leave. It, that's funny. It, it's interesting as we worked over the years with the different designers and things who had someone who just to keep the customer there yeah. and there were certain concepts they had and then there's others who wanted you to hurry up and get out of there like fast food places yeah. and it's the way you, the, the lighting and the yeah. colors and yeah. everything else have a lot to do with it because fast food places they just want they don't want you to linger around there at all they want you to yeah they want they want the turnover yeah, yeah. You, you know another job that was very interesting is that I don't know if people think about us with it is the old Tonga room in San Francisco we did the original one. Oh, did you really and all the tikis a lot of tikis Tiki's with torches on the top. I don't uh, think anybody does tap, associate tap that with you guys. Boats, everything, okay. you know. Yeah. And oh, we, we have all the pictures inside of the place. And, uh, inside of the you know, album yeah, yeah. we have, we show them. So, yeah, we did all those. And for a while we did uh, five or six restaurants, the Tiki Tiki's in Japan, all the different prefects. Oh, really? And, yeah, we yes. did that for years. Okay. And always had a 20 or 40 footer backed yeah. up to our dock, you know. Right. Guy, Guy Wilson did a lot of work in those. Okay. In fact, we have a, a Pele out here that Guy Wilson worked on, and he liked the publicity, started starting Carver, and so we call out the Whittier paper, and, and he's carving this thing some more, and then we call out the Lolly Times, and he keeps carving this thing, and we got it in here now. It doesn't look very much like a Pele. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. He just kept carving every time. Yeah. Pele uh, is supposed to be a female, and the original things that you see, they're kind of, she's kind of grossly. Right, right. You know, he tried to make this thing look with the breast and right. sort of feminine features and things, but uh, that reminds me of the old Bob Crow's place down there, and uh, what they call the thing down there at uh, Long Beach by the Circle. Oh, oh yeah, um, and Mr. C's. Yeah, Mr. C's. Mr. C's. Yeah. And what was funny about that is we had just come back from the Guinea, have all of these primitive arts, little figures, things like that, and so they said, well, they want to put those behind each. Um, what they call them? They said, "Tea, you know, like the awesome area, you know, very plush." And so he, we sold them to him. He put them all behind the walls, you know. And what I don't know, maybe two months, and he decided, Did "You guys buy those back from me." <laughs> and he says, "All the kids are lifting up and seeing the palaces." On. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Guy Wilson asked me one time um, if you guys were carving the Cook Islands tiki's with the penis on it. Yeah, we are. We're seven percent. Yeah, and he said, he said that he said, "Yeah, Bob used to call it tallywhacker." Uh, and yeah. he would and he would say to me, "No tallywhacker." Yeah. So, <laughs> so he would carve them without a penis. But I guess that you know that was when the uh, initially they they were trying to have them be what politically correct or whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. they started eventually embracing the traditional style, which was to have the penis intact. Like that guy there. There's a figure possibly made lamps out of that one. You know? Right. You know, if there's one outside here, you'll see that. Well, the other the other guy behind the Cook Island. Uh, yeah, the big one. Yeah, the big one yeah, with yeah. the hat on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I thought that that was interesting. That you know, I, I don't know if that's like a if that was a morality thing with the times. Well, they probably. For instance, you you couldn't do that with things that went to Disney. You know, right. You know, and we had we had a female figure in her that was made in Tahiti. Right. She was anatomically correct. She just a little bit bigger than than life size, but uh, she had she was bare breasted. Right and uh, perfect, and you, you almost think it was a real person when she walked by her. Oh, okay. but they they wanted it 
But then they, they had a problem about that breast, so they, they decided not to take it. Uh, you know, that we have a figure that Leroy's carved a nice one behind the waterfall right now, but it's a Marcation Tahitian figure, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it had a phallus on it. Right. And so I guess maybe we had one before that way, but so Eddie carved it, you know, from where, where it should be, clear down to the bottom. Call it a tripodial base. <laughs> tripodial base. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Did you carve the there's at the Bali High in San Diego? Did you do any work for that? Well, we have, but what what is there is I think was uh, is uh, what's the guy up north of um, Sausalito, um, Barney West. Barney West. Barney West. Yeah. Yes, most of it is that, and some things that Carter brought in from from Samoa. He used to have carvings done in Samoa. Okay. And uh, some of it was stolen, so I don't know what's left. Well, there used to be um, tiki scattered around the property, and maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, I remember walking out to the boat dock, and they used to have these Marquesan tikis on each side of the gate, but they were kind of weird looking, and then this, and the story that I got was that they were shipped down in pieces because uh, it was easier to ship it that way or it was cheaper or something to that effect. Um, and when they arrived, the person who assembled them assembled them the wrong way. So you have the teeth above the eyes and oh. you have like, oh. you know what I'm saying? Then yeah. the body above the teeth and it was all assembled the wrong way because they didn't know any better. I was curious if that was you guys that, no, that shipped no, them no, that way. No. Yeah, we, we sold Tom Ham, who owned first of the you know, original owner, and um, sold him a lot of materials, of basic materials. Then recently, in fact, I got a picture in one of our albums here, the whole family, the two boys and this, right. and the lady uh, who's Tom Ham's wife, and her, wife her do and daughter, and then her new husband. Yeah. Okay. And they were here the day that they had a huge storm, and and this roof doesn't make as much noise. We used to be in a tin building, you know, uh -huh. uh, and galvanized. That really made the noise on a hard grain. Yeah. This comes out pretty hard, and they were saying, "Gee, I hope our dock's okay." You know, by the time they got back there, the dock had been torn out by the waves down oh, there. Oh yeah. So yeah. they did lose it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of tiki's in there, a lot of Marquesan tiki's in there that look very much like your style. Well, so. there's uh, Carter brought those things in a lot of them. We, when we worked with Bob Carter at the beginning, we would fix some of them up. You know, they were kind of rough spots on them and dings and things, and we would sand and yeah. carve an eyeball or something on it. Yeah. So some of those went, and they some ended up Disney somewhere, and they were all hardwood. And I think there's one the last time I remember up in uh, Idlewild that's sitting up in uh, somebody's front of their home. It's uh, one of his carvings, but they they were made out of really nice wood. But uh, but sometimes they were a little bit strange when they, especially the Cook Island things. They had, they had glasses and right. funny looking ears on round knobs <coughs> or something. Right. So where have you guys actually been in the South Pacific? I know that you've been to Papua New Guinea. Have you been to East Island? No, no, we started out actually in uh, in Hawaii, okay. Catalina first, okay. and then Hawaii, and then we went on to, um, let's see here, that we went to, in, uh, to, 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 to Tahiti. Yeah, to Tahiti, and we were on the first planes to leave, leave the new Fa'a airport there, and we sat all day waiting for the plane to come in, and on the way to Fiji, what, about 2 o'clock in the morning, they, they had a fire there on the uh, port engine, left side of the engine burned up. They hit that JO tube to put it out right away. Okay. So we, we got into Fiji, went into flew into uh, Viti, Viti Levu, yeah. uh, Fiji, and landed, so we did make it that way. It was not, yeah, the Nandi, the airport of Nandi. Yeah, Nandi airport. Yeah. Yeah. And we drove all, had a, go to the car, and, you know, had them haul us over there, all the way over to Suva. And 
and so then from there we went into uh, New Caledonia, and then over to uh, oh, then over to Fiji, wasn't it? No, I think we went to New Caledonia first. Well, that was I mean, a, I mean, uh, yeah. Fiji first, and then New Caledonia, yeah. and then to hope, then to yeah, Australia, Australia, and yeah. then back across the continent to uh, Darwin, Australia, and then okay. we flew back to Mount Isa, and then over to Brisbane, and then New Guinea from one end part of the other end. So, when you guys were doing this trip, was this originally was was it the intention to research right. Polynesian art and to go into business? So it wasn't a pleasure trip. Well, this was actually it was a it was it was a business trip. It was we were already in business doing. We had been working hard, but we decided you know, we were young guys. You know, even though we were in our twenties, uh, people sort of considered us just young kids, punks, didn't know nothing, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So we kind of made ourselves more authentic and uh, have a little more knowledge than the average by taking that trip. We could talk about some of the things in the Pacific and you know with some authority. Did they, the people there, like all the locals that you went and visited, were they hesitant to share any of their no. uh, traditions and their art? Were they open to you guys? Did they know that you were going to be reproducing them for a business? You know, I don't think that anybody would even care. Yeah. Okay. You know, really, there's there's no, yeah. like in New Guinea or even Tahiti, they don't care. They just want to sell you their stuff. Yeah. And uh, so that, you know, we found a policeman over there in Papiete that did carving. In fact, he carved uh, the drum that's out front here. Okay. And uh, but I don't, I don't think anybody really questioned. No, we? no, no. Although we got sometimes we had a, a letter from the what is the LA Museum? Yeah, LA County for collecting. Uh, and Dr. Harris that, that saw that said, "Well, these guys are really serious, you know." Yeah. And we went into uh, flew in, got a little, um, found a, a Catholic uh, mission there that had a a guy that flew in was a. Cessna or something, yeah, yeah. 170 or something, mm -hmm. and flew us way back. And we have pictures on our slides that, you know, that they come down the house tamarins and the natives ran out of there thinking they're going to crash. Yeah. And so there's a Bruce Laws there that had been collecting. And uh, so we, we talked to him for a while and then we met, were there just, was it Moprick or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And we were out there and all of a sudden the guy comes all dressed in white right out of the jungle. You know, because they just clear a spot to the, for the planes land and then that's it, you know, small planes. And it turned out that this guy was in charge of the raw material processing. And there's a company that was, like, his idea was to get all the primitive arts out he could, you know, these right. pieces, everything. Right. So we bought from him for quite a few years. Yeah. And that was a deal. We started out with Carter on that, and he helped finance that part. So when you guys first started and you were, and you were buying this stuff from them, you were selling a lot of authentic Oh, yeah. Pretty, art. Very, very thanks. The Mike guy's got a lot of our stuff, even a human skull with a spear through it. So, you know what? There, uh, that's the thing is people always say that there's a, there's a shrunken head in one of their cabinets and people say that that's real. But you're saying that it's a skull with uh, with an arrow through it. Yeah, it came in off yeah. New Guinea. Wow. If we we had a fellow in New Guinea that was a gold in the gold business because they were out of mining. Yeah. And he also arranged things for us and he sent stuff to us under his, his concept. We didn't even realize or we didn't ask for it. But he was duty free, and he was sending it to Doctor Schwaltz and Doctor Van Oosting. Yeah, on her, on her <laughs> Majesty's yeah, service. Her Majesty I, have, service. I have a paper so, envelopes in there of it. That was Bololo uh, Dredging, yeah, Gold yeah. Mine and Dredging Company. And so we got we got things in that nobody customs didn't really inspect that well. And so, so they so sent it to you under the label yeah, of yeah, Doctor. So yeah, they were yeah. There. So these skulls, customs, and yeah. Oh wow. And we, we have Bird of Paradise plumes. And, by the way, you know, if we ever do a book, we ought to put some of those letters under yeah, it. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah. Is there a plan to do a book? 
Huh? We've, been, tra- we've been trying okay. to do it. Yeah. yeah, it was just we never have time to do it. You know, we talked to Holden and then um, Carrie yeah. Handler, but, you know, they're busy too, you know, and they yeah. said they would help us, but we, you know, I started going back to write a few things and uh, that's about all we've done, you know. Yeah. Wow, that that makes me excited. I've got an index index all done, you know, ready for the, what we do, subjects I would touch on them, but... Never have time. I just I'm so busy that right yeah. now working on quotations. Oh, you've got all probably the the most extensive historical collection of that kind of documentation. Uh, you know, with the whole Polynesian pop era, with all the stuff that influenced the tiki world today. So that would be really cool to see in a book. Oh man, that's got to. You guys got to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you just when do you get time to do it? You know. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, uh, it's just it seems like working six days a week now. You know. Yeah. And loving it, but it's just there's no time. You know. Yeah. We got to do what you're doing right now over and over again with somebody. Yeah. You know, taking the notes and things down. Should get like a good recorder, and then Leroy and I can, you know, kick around in here. We talk about different things. Oh, remember that time? You know, the croc- yeah. crocodile yeah. almost chased Leroy. Things like that. And Did you the know, crocodile almost chase you? Oh yeah, Darwin. Oh really? Yeah, it was, there was a lake that there was a, about an acre in size, and Bob and I kind of wandered around the lake. Well, there was these little boys swimming in the thing. They're all yeah. naked. And uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 we ended up swimming in the pond with them. Yeah. But there were fish in there would bite you. Yeah. But we didn't think much about them, but they boys said something about there was crocodiles around. And, uh, and of course, the whole, there was nothing out there but, Swamps and jungle around, you know, sure. so why not? And uh, but we never bothered. But I got up one morning and I was walking around the lake. I was at the other end of it, and all of a sudden the bushes shook and everything. And this big giant lizard moved out across the pathway. Yeah, and I scared it, but it was six or eight feet long. Wow! And it ran like a fence lizard. I mean, it was nothing slowing it down. Wow. And I didn't, I just froze. I don't know what I wouldn't I wouldn't have any idea what to do. Right. And um, because I didn't even know how to run that fast. <laughs> and there was the, all the, the trees were the only thing were the mangrove swamp trees. Yeah. Which are spindly little bushes that you climb it and they just bend back down to the ground. So um, I I very fortunate it decided to go the one yeah, well, direction. First, well, first of all, too, in that little little pond there that. Um, Leroy was down there and saw him down there, I think maybe sketching or something. And so I said, hey, let's go back there. And we brought our trunks, you know. And um, I took photographs. I got a few photographs in the front. They're all skinny dipping, you know, yeah. like we used to do yeah. in the rivers here yeah. back in the 40s, you know. And so it was um, it's kind of fun. So they were in there swimming, and um, Leroy got our trunks on and went in. And we're swimming across. They're just kind of talking back and forth. And... All of a sudden, you felt something on your butt. And these kids had planned it. You know, they'd come in there and, and you know, like, they're, oh, that's and funny. They, and they yelled, crocodile, crocodile. Oh, that's funny. And Leroy and I beat the heck out of their swimming faster than they were to the shore. Because <laughs> we didn't know, because they're supposed to be, and then they'd seen that one. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So it, yeah. uh, it was quite a time, you know. Yeah. We were there during Guy Fox days, which is their Halloween time. Uh-huh. And these kids had dynamite to blow up things. And I showed them, they have trash cans and different things that put the bombs underneath and shoot them in the sky. So they had a yeah. lot of fun doing that. And we talked to her for America. We weren't too sure about that. We from California, we weren't too sure about that. And then we mentioned the Hollywood. Oh, we know all about Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You know, I was in uh, the Cook Islands just this past September. We went on a 
boat ride across Aitutaki Lagoon. And there was this little girl that was like the daughter of one of the boat operators, and she just she was born and grew up on this island. This island has a population of like 1,200 people. It's a very small island, and it's one of the outer islands uh, off of Rarotonga. So, I mean, she's not very cultured, and. My wife was playing with her in on the on a, one of the beaches that we stopped at, and she said, "Are you ever going to come to California? If you come to California, I'll take you to Disneyland." And she had no idea what my wife was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I went there myself, and a college buddy went to um, went to Samoa, Western Samoa, yeah, or the old Samoa, and then outside to um, uh, was I can think of Hawaii, but they call it you know, Savai'i. Savai'i mm-hmm. is the bigger island of the of the Samoa there, and so we went out to that too and got a biologist and talking to him, we hired him to take us around, and it turns out that uh, they have a big huge mound, and there's a question on it, and that, what was, so the, the, the Samoan people said, well, they, they flew birds off there, you know, yeah. and this guy, this biologist said that he got together with, um, what's the, Kuntiki guy, you know, um, Haridol, yeah, Tor Haridol, he got together with him, and there, when, they were going to come back, Tor was going to come back and they were going to drill into that thing and find out the history, what was really there. And it turned out Tor died just before that. But it was very interesting. Oh, wow. It went from um, you know, the Apia, flew a smaller plane over to the Savai'i. Yeah. And then, um, then it went on, to, um, went on to the Cook Islands and um, got in about 2 o'clock in the morning, which you guys probably did too. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And there's a guy playing the guitar out there that has done. That guy is still playing. Is As a matter of fact, he was at the the you know we rented a little condo at this little complex, right? We did it through a vacation rentals by owner, and he played one night at the bar, and the bar owner stopped and introduced him to everybody, and he said. This man has been playing at the airport for like 50 years. Every day, yeah. he plays for every arrival and every departure. Wow. And he was, he, and then we remember, oh yeah, he was the guy that was playing when we walked through the gates. And then when we were leaving there, he was again. You know, probably it's, done. Yeah, so it's probably the same guy. And so we, yeah, I'm sure it is, you know, but we had a great time there. And, and I went with this guy, he's got bucks, and so he stayed, with, well, we flew in, we got a, a limo to pick him up in Covina and me at my house. We went out to the airport and flew um, uh, with New Zealand Air, Airways. Yeah. And so before you even take off, you got a, a bottle of champagne on your ice bucket next to you. Yeah. It's all complimentary, you know, and the best of steaks and that type of thing. And so we we lived pretty good, but we stayed at this uh, Rotonga bungalows, and that's what Tom Ferron owns that with his Chinese wife, and that's that's on Rotonga, and he was a son of Tom of. Uh, uh, not Tom Ferron, Ed, Ed Ferron, I think it was, who ran the Intercontinental Tahara in Tahiti. And so we had uh, we had a really good time. We had, um, you know, upstairs he had a, a, they have just five bungalows, huts, and they're kind of like an outdoor shower type thing. It was very, very nice. And um, they had a great time with him alone. You know, I could live there in Oregon. And then we went on. Yeah, I, I, I can too. Yeah, it's really great. And then we went on to um, Aitutaki, you know, and mm-hmm. get us. Terribly expensive place. I don't know. It was like five hundred dollars a day, and yeah, you know, and, and he had the money. And what happened is he got uh, the the flight was paid for by uh, American Express dollars. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that he had done in business. You know, phone. Well, that's nice. So it was really we had a good time there. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Rarotonga. I really think good. you know I've I've been to Aitutaki twice. I've been to Rarotonga three times. Why? 
Because I love it. Yeah. So Rarotonga is great. Aitutaki is beautiful. That's why we go. We go to Aitutaki for the lagoon and and you know to look at the giant clams in the in the you know underwater. Well, they're right over by the bridge there. They got giant clams down below. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about Aitutaki is it's a little bit too slow for me. Rarotonga, Rarotonga is only one fifth the size of Kauai, but it still feels very much like a metropolitan island. You know, that's where yeah, the international flights come in and out, and. I don't think I would get bored in Rarotonga, but it, you know, so you get I think the best of both worlds. I think you get you know um, the metropolitan community, and then you also get the island lifestyle. Yeah, I so, told people I could live there. Yeah, you know, and uh, of course knowing Tom, but again, the only the bad problem is, is that if you have any medical problems like he's had, if you right, know, then you got to fly back to Tahiti or L.A. Better yet. Yeah, they have a small hospital there, but if you have a major medical issue, they, you, go, you can go fly to New Zealand. Now sure. and a half or so, but that'd be the other alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's closer than flying to L.A., but yeah, yeah it's still it's still a three and a half hour flight. Yeah, from Rome. If you had heart problems, actually, the audios. Right. Well, I, I want to stay respectful of your time, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here in a few minutes. But I want to ask one more question that I think everybody wants to know. So before we wrap up, what I want to ask you is: Do either of you have tiki spaces in your own home? Yeah, I have. I have um, Eddie's one of Eddie's original tiki's, that, like the one at Disneyland. Okay. And I have one of the, his original in the backyard, and then I have some thatch, and I have a palapa in the backyard. Okay. On the patio, and then inside I've got some some wallabies that are carved. Uh, I think what was that island just before New Guinea? You know, that's out there. Trobian Island. Trobian Island. Trobian Island things, and I have in the hallway one of these panels we have that you love it that we haven't carved for years, so. It's all carved marcation type things, you know, uh-huh. marcation figures, and that's the extent of it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and of course, I have a back a bar in the back that uh, knows how to make pretty good drinks, you know. Yeah. Been making the Menahuni juice recently. Okay. And then the Navy grog with Trader Vic's. I said you can't buy that. Their grog concentrated grog mix, you know. You can't buy their stores. So she's I'll take care of you. She sent me two bottles of it. Oh, that's uh, great. Eve, Eve, Trader Vic's daughter, uh, granddaughter Eve. Yeah, yeah. And so she came down here and visited one day. And yeah. So then we were up there on their 80th anniversary. And then the same summer over to uh, Disney's 60th anniversary. Invited us there. So. Okay. What about you, Leroy? Do you have any tiki spaces? I, have, I do not have a particular designated area. However, my house is carved a lot. Okay. The, my moldings on the facing boards of the, and um, entryway of my porch. And um, it's... It's not all real Polynesian safe per se, but people come in and say, well, it's not like you're a Polynesian guy. I look whatever they think this stuff looks like. And then I do have collected items and things, and, uh, and sure. I do have mugs and stuff, but they're all more in boxes, not being displayed to a degree anyway. I, I, you know what, to be honest with you, I am surprised because I would have expected you guys to say, no, I get enough tiki at work. <laughs> the tiki tea guys are like that because yeah, no, they, get, they say, oh, I get enough tiki at work. Neither of them have any tiki, anything in their homes. Yeah, we have. Uh, I don't think you ever, we never get tired of it, you know. Yeah. Never do. Yeah, you guys, you guys seem to have probably the best private collection and... Uh, you don't amass this kind of stuff with, without really enjoying it or appreciating it. We were going to turn this into a Polynesian place with, you know, the, the full bore, you know. Yeah. Puffish nights, all kinds of things, but it just never happened, you know. Yeah. It's not too busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, being busy is good, right? No. No. <laughs> the problem with being busy is he, 
And some people chide me about this, that when you sell something, you have to replace it. It's getting harder and harder to replace. Oh, and so, okay. And the girls don't understand. I said, don't sell that. that we like you know, we, we like it sitting there for nothing. Yeah. And we don't need the money, so just let it sit there. Yeah. And so that's kind of a fun thing. So yeah, we put up a website, and, and I figured it's going to be too much, and it's awful. You get, you get so much business from it, you know? Yeah. And it's not even done yet, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever looked at it or not. But I have looked at it. it. It has pretty much the history of Oceanic Arts in there, at least for our trip, primarily. But, um, yeah, we got to finish that up. So what's the future of Oceanic Arts, having said that? Well, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to say we have to give up. We're not yeah. getting any younger. However, that's we're hanging on as long as we can. No, no uh, plans on passing it on to the kids to continue the legacy. Them would be uh, he has two daughters that are have their lives pretty well organized, and I have three sons. I have I actually have six children. All of them, their lives are pretty well occupied. I have two, mm-hmm. two that are ministers, two sons that are yeah, ministers. youth pastors, that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. um, and uh, others are. Medical field. Well, that's pretty interesting. Does he does he view this stuff as like paganistic? No, not. No? Uh, okay. They've all worked here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, see, we have people. That, I've been to that thing before. The youth past, that youth in conflict. Mm-hmm. I took my yeah. daughter to in Long Beach. And, you know, they say anything you got at home, like mask or anything, throw them in the fireplace and burn them. Don't yeah. keep any of it. There's a lot of people look at it that way. We don't. We don't look at a tiki as being a sexual thing or the god of love or the god of money. There's a deal. There's KC company that sells out of Hawaii, and they got. All these little miniature things. Right. I think we got some little shot glasses, not of everything. Well, we right. don't believe that. You know, we try to stick with originals. Although they might have been, they probably were involved in religious rituals, but we just look at a piece of art. Yeah, I believe that that was uh, created to sell to tourists. You know, the god yeah. of money and the god of god of love and the god of fortune and the god of whatever. Huh? I'm going to tell you a story about the, the Carter again. When he was in Samoa, he was having the it was developing the people to carve. The tiki's that came here that we were talking about earlier, and the missionaries saw what he was doing, and they thought that he was going to start the religion over again. All their oh, really? And they came as a group to kind of shut him down. Wow, and, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I guess he explained that that it was all for show and yeah, yeah. fun and so forth. And then at our shop, when we used to be on Philadelphia Street, we had tiki's in front. And uh, we had a big sign, had posted uh, carved tiki's and so forth on, on the sign. And I had, I went out one day, and here's a fellow with a little tiny collar and a big flat black hat. And he says, "Those have evil things here." And, so <laughs> <laughs> and he was one of the old Quakers. Yeah. And uh, he actually came from Ohio, and he came back to visit his Quaker families, and he was very offended by this. Yeah. So we sat down on one of the tiki logs and talked about it, and eventually he left convinced that uh, we weren't doing something that was real wicked and evil. Oh, that's good. And uh, <laughs> and then I'd have another thought that you might have just, but for fun, you talk about things that went on and things were interesting. Well, we were doing, a, a, needed a lot of tiki's big logs for doing apartment houses and things along sure. Lakewood and yeah. Walmart and so forth. And our, at the time, Eddie the Carver said, I know there's a lot of logs and they're out on Arrow Highway and around, around the rock yard areas. And he said, wanted Bob and I to loan him the money to rent a truck and a tow motor to, or a forklift right. to Go pick take all, all the stuff. So we did. And uh, not knowing what type of truck we did, he, he, he got a steak truck with no chains. 
Oh you know, wow! And, and he and he had a forklift driver go out there, and he loaded up these large palms are all in the neighborhood of 18 inches to two feet in diameter on the back of this truck, and all the way up, stacked up the ties of the, the racks. And as he went down, left there, he went down the road, and as he gassed and gunned the motor a little bit, the front end would lift up. <laughs> and he go down the highway, or highway, lifting the front end up and down, up and down, and then pretty soon hear a cracking noise. Yeah. One side or the other, these logs began to fall off. Yeah. In on Era Highway, and uh, anyhow, we were expecting to see this truck load of something come arrive to the shop. Mm-hmm. And Bob had left; it was getting dusk, and, you know, and then I heard this noise from a distance, scraping noise, and scrape and scrape and right. noise. And soon I looked down the road, and there comes this truck, and one, <laughs> one log. And the lift gate was dragging on the ground. Oh, <laughs> no stakes. <laughs> and it was all bowed. The back end oh, of the bowed. And this was a brand new truck. had paper license plates on it. Wow. <laughs> so we pushed the log off. And Eddie had to take the truck back to the rental yard the next day. Yeah. And then when he came back and told us about it, he says, I've never seen a grown man cry before. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a, it was a, it was a, a sad but funny thing. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to let me come down and do a podcast with you. So the website is oceanicarts.net, not .com, .net. And you guys are open Monday through Saturday, right? Yeah, it's, it's during the holidays we're closed Saturday, but we're here from eight to four, and closed twelve to one for lunch. Okay. So Oceanic Arts in Whittier, California. Thank you, Bob, and thank you, Leroy, and Aloha. You're welcome. You're welcome. Listeners, if you have any show ideas, have a guest suggestion, or would just like to make a comment please visit our Desert Oasis Room group page on Facebook or follow us at Polynesian Pop on Instagram.